Hello and welcome to the Locked On Boston Bruins podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. It's Wednesday, October 9th, and the Boston Bruins are a perfect 3-0 after a victory Tuesday night in Vegas against the Golden Knights. It's their best record to start the season since 2001-2002, and we'll get into that in a minute. But first, I'd just like to tell you that I am your host, Ian McLaren. And this, of course, is a daily Boston Bruins podcast where we discuss all things black and gold as well as take a look around the NHL. To keep up with the Locked On Bruins podcast, please follow the show on Twitter at LO underscore Boston Bruins. You can also find me at Ian C. McLaren. Subscribe to Locked On Boston Bruins on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever else you listen. Please also rate and review. Now let's get on with the show. And again, like I said, the Bruins are coming off a 4-3 victory over the Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, In my mind, it's the most encouraging win of the three to date. Um, Like I said, it's their first time that they've started the season 3-0-0 since 2001. Uh, The Bruins did get down early in this one, uh, 2-0. But they were able to score the next four goals and uh, emerged with the 4-3 victory over a team that many, including myself, uh, feel can uh, not only contend for the Stanley Cup, but have a legitimate shot to win uh, the Cup this year. So it was a great uh, a great performance for the Bruins. Uh, they obviously were able to come out victorious against Dallas and Arizona in the the first two games of the season, but uh, there were concerns about the offense. The top line hadn't really gotten rolling yet, and um, they were able to break out in this one as uh, Brad Marchand and uh, David Pasternak each had uh, three points each and uh, leading the way for the Bruins in that regard. Um Head coach Bruce Cassidy uh, said that he thought, um, you know, this was the first time this season that uh, the Bruins' forecheck was very good. He said they didn't have a lot of offensive zone time in the first couple games, but he he thought they were much better uh, in Vegas. And a five-on-five, the Bruins did carry a possession with a 53.5 for Corsi advantage. And uh, for those of you... Uh, unfamiliar with that it just means the Bruins basically had uh, you know about 54 percent of shot attempts at in five on five play Uh, that's generally a good indication that they're holding the puck that they're uh, able to uh, move the puck up the ice effectively keep the puck away from Tuka Rask and to get more shot attempts on the opposition Um, Cassidy said that you know he credited the top line with their forecheck and a turnover that uh, created the first goal for the Bruins, which was scored by David Pasternak. He says those guys, meaning uh, Patrice Bergeron, Pasternak, and Brad Marchand, those guys can make plays when they get pucks back. It's a big goal for us. Uh, We were down 2-0 in the first period. You don't know which way it's going to go. You think this might be the game they're going to hand it to us, uh, meaning Vegas kind of roll over, uh, roll over the Bruins. But we were able to stop the bleeding there. Uh, I think that goal really helped get us going. And, you know, um, obviously 
the top line when they're rolling. They're one of the best in the league. We'll, we'll talk in a couple of minutes about the possibility of splitting them up, but uh, for the time being, uh, that line really helped bring the Bruins back into this game and to uh, to emerge victorious from from that game. Uh, Marshawn said, I actually think we were playing better than they were at the start, but they just capitalized on their two opportunities. Uh, one was a power play goal by Mark Stone. The other was a goal scored by uh, old friend Riley Smith. Uh, Marshawn went on to say, we just kept playing the same way. We were a resilient team. We've shown that many times. There's a lot of experience in here. Uh, we kept going. The game was far from over. Um, yeah, so really great effort from the Bruins to not uh, kind of may have been tempting to kind of just, uh, you know, cave at that point or to just say, oh, well, this isn't our night. But they, they kept fighting. Uh, David Backus, who was a healthy scratch against Arizona, he came back in the lineup and he uh, was instrumental in setting up a uh, goal that was scored by Tory Krug, the game-winning goal. Um, so that was really great to see. It was nice of him to to get in. Uh, he, he wasn't rewarded with an assist because it was uh, he he on the forecheck was able to to free the puck, get it to Sean Corrali. Corrali passed it to Carlo, and then Carlo uh, shot it over to Krug, who uh, unleashed a slap shot that went off Ryan Reeves and into the back of the net for uh, a 4-2 lead at that point. Vegas did get another goal to make it 4-3, but, um, you know, Krug said, it's a trickle-down effect from our leaders when you see them doing it on a daily basis, not just in games, but in practices as well. We see it every day in practice. That's why it shows up in game. So uh, credit to David Backus there for uh, for doing some great work on the forecheck on that play. And also just for setting an example, even when he's in and out of the lineup uh, in practice and uh, off the ice, uh, just really setting the example for uh, for the young guys there. Um, not that, that Krug's a young guy, but just setting an example for, for the whole team of, of what it takes to, to stay fresh and, and to just answer the call. Comes from uh, Bruce Cassidy. A couple other notes that you may have missed. Uh, Rask actually needed help getting off the ice after the final buzzer sounded. Uh, he said after the game that it was just cramping, uh, that he was good, and that it was most likely just due to the heat uh, in Vegas. Uh, I guess inside the arena, it's, it's still quite warm. Uh, so that was the, res- the reason why he was cramping up a bit, but no injury concerns there. Uh, Matt Grizzlich, he was banged up after blocking a shot early in the first period. Uh, he missed a lot of that uh, first period, but he was able to return, and he played almost 12 minutes. Uh, he did have an x-ray, but he's fine, and I guess it was just a matter of uh, pain tolerance and not um, not an actual injury to be concerned about. Uh, one note from NHL Public Relations, the Bruins have now won the first three games of a season-opening road trip for the first time in team history. So not only have they begun the season 3-0-0 for the first time since 2001, but uh, they also made team history by winning those first three games on the road. Uh, Rask uh, was asked about that. He said, it's not too long since we last played together, obviously referring to their run to Game 7 of the Stanley Cup Final. He said, we have pretty much the same group. We know the system. That helps. 
a couple guys. We added a couple guys, but I think we're feeling comfortable playing together. Even though we were down a couple goals, uh, we trust the system and it worked out today. Um, so obviously, yeah, that experience, that core group that's been together, a couple of new additions in Brett Ritchie and uh, Par Lindholm, who, who was off uh, as the healthy scratch for the night. So basically only Brett Ritchie, I believe, was the only new face uh, that's in the lineup. Um, he was actually moved up to the second line while Carson Kuhlman was bumped down to the third line. And uh, that really seemed to help. So we'll see if uh, Richie stays up with Krejci and DeBrusque for the time being. And uh, yeah, whether that line can remain effective. Uh, so that's a, a quick look at the Bruins' three wins to begin the season. Uh 4-3 victory over the Vegas Golden Knights. They have one game left on this road trip, and that is in Colorado on Thursday. Um, like I've said, the, the 3-0-0 start is already considered a, a great success. Um, if they're able to cap it off with a win and come home for their home opener on Saturday, it's the Devils with a perfect record. Uh, you know, that would be, that would be unreal, but, um, you know, they've already exceeded expectations, I think, on the road trip. I was hoping they'd come back home maybe two and two, uh, just with, you know, Dallas is tough. Arizona's improved. Vegas is a cup contender. Colorado is a contender. Um, so to come out at least three and one uh, is is really encouraging start to the season for the Bruins. Uh, coming up next, just answer uh, a couple of questions in the mailbag, and then we'll look at some NHL storylines to close out the show. Uh, but before we do that, let me just tell you about Vivid Seats. Vivid Seats is an online event ticketed marketplace dedicated to providing fans of live entertainment with experiences that last a lifetime. We all love going to a game or to a concert. There's nothing like seeing your favorite team win or watching your favorite band perform in person. With Vivid Seats, rewards loyalty program you can attend the concert or game of your choice and earn credit towards your next live event vivid seats is the top source for tickets for all live events you want to go to you can sort by price or look for seats in the section or row that you would like all in the vivid seats app to make things even better vivid seats now has a loyalty program that allows you to earn credit back it's called vivid seats rewards all you need to do is go to the App Store or Google Play and download the Vivid Seats app. You're automatically enrolled in the Vivid Seats Rewards Loyalty Program. Every purchase is backed by a 100% buyer guarantee. So from the biggest concerts in town to the best theater shows, the hottest games, Vivid Seats has it all. Just enter the sorry, download the app, join the Vivid Seats Rewards Loyalty Program today. Enter promo code POSTSEASON at checkout to receive a discount of up to $100. Now, as we do every Wednesday on the show, we're going to open up the mailbag. Uh, I think we have two or three questions to answer today. The first one comes from my good friend, uh, Beth. And she asks, uh, what is going to happen with Tori Krug? That's something that has been mentioned on the podcast in the past. Um... I really believe that Tory Krug and the Boston Ruins will come to a, an agreement on a contract extension. Uh, I believe they began 
talking about an extension sometime last week, and they uh, are, I believe there's mutual interest there in extending his deal, and uh, I don't think it will linger too much into the season. Uh, hopefully, they'll be able to come to a an agreement sooner than later, and I believe that uh, as has been the case with uh, recent deals, it will be more of a team-friendly deal. Um, it won't be as much as he maybe could have gotten as an unrestricted free agent uh, next summer, but I think the appetite is there for him to stay in Boston. He he loves it there. He's obviously an important member of the team, and just based on the example set by guys like um, Marchand, Bergeron, Pasternak, um, you know, kind of those team-friendly deals, I think uh, Krug will follow suit and he'll be a Bruin for, for some time now. The next question comes from Dave at DPMJ77. He says, why do they refuse to break up the top line? I don't think DeBrusque needs to stay with Krejci either. I'd go three pairs, um, Bergeron, Marchand, Krejci, Pasternak, Coyle, DeBrusque, and mix and match the third on those lines. If I was to answer this question yesterday, I would I would have very much agree with Dave that they should maybe look at at uh, separating that top line, dropping Pasternak down to to play with Krejci, um, and maybe mixing. I don't know about moving DeBrusque down, but um, it's not a half bad idea just to to kind of allow him and Coyle to uh, dominate kind of those bottom six matchups. Um, Coyle and Heinen have been pretty effective together so far this season. Um, and as we saw last night, obviously the top line was lights out. And uh, moving Brett Ritchie up to the second line and moving Carson Kuhlman down to the third line, that seemed to, to provide a bit of a spark as well. So for the time being, I don't believe that the um, top line is going to be separated anytime soon. Looks like they'll stay together for the time being. But... Um, you know, who knows if if there are some concerns down the road or they do need to spread things out a bit more, then perhaps they will look to um, to move Pasternak down to play with Krejci. But again, for the time being, the top line, I don't think, is, is going to be separated anytime soon. Uh, the last question comes from Spencer Fashata uh, at Puck Nerd Hockey, and he asks, why is Brett Ritchie? Uh, that's a great question. Brett Ritchie, you know, they were able to sign him on the cheap this summer, giving him a shot to uh, make an impact and to, to really earn his spot on this team. Last night at even strength, he uh, generated uh, three shot attempts uh, of his own, uh, one shot on net. Uh, he did not record a point, but, uh, you know, he was still in the mix there. He was getting some pucks towards the net and um, really seemed to um, mesh well with Krejci and DeBrusque. He did only skate uh, 8 minutes 37 seconds, which uh, was by far the lowest among uh, Bruins forwards, so uh, maybe didn't quite have the speed to match up with a team like the Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, We'll see how long he lasts. the more he scores, the more he gets pucks on net. Obviously, the more opportunities he'll get. But uh, whether he's a long-term solution there for the Bruins, I'm not. I'm not convinced 
quite yet, but he's done enough to uh, make an impression on Bruce Cassidy uh, to warrant inclusion in the lineup. And I think he'll uh, continue to do so as long as he uh, yeah, helps generate some offense and isn't terrible in his own zone. So just three questions in the mailbag this week. That's something that we'll do every week, uh, every Wednesday here on the podcast, Locked On Boston Bruins. Coming up next, uh, as we do every day, we'll take a quick look around the NHL. The big story in the NHL on Tuesday, apart from the Bruins' perfect start, was uh, James Neal of the Edmonton Oilers. Uh, He set a franchise record with six goals in his first three games of the season, which is pretty impressive considering... Uh, the number of great players that have uh, suited up for the Oilers in the past. Uh, He scored four goals against the Islanders and, um, you know, he scored just seven goals in 63 games for the Flames last season, six goals in his first three games with the Oilers, again, setting a franchise record for the hottest uh, goal scoring start. So uh, that deal is paying off so far for the Oilers. Milan Lucic is on the Flames. Uh, he didn't even score that that many goals all of last season for the Oilers. So uh, early on, that's that's paying off for Edmonton, who, uh, yeah, off to a, a perfect start of their own. So uh, encouraging times in Edmonton. Uh, also in the Western Conference, Patrick Marlowe signed a one-year $700,000 contract to return to the San Jose Sharks. If you'll remember the... Uh, Toronto Maple Leafs sent Marlowe to the Hurricanes in this this past offseason and throwing in a, a first-round pick as a sweetener. Uh, the Hurricanes bought out Marlowe's contract, making him an unrestricted free agent, and he's returning home to San Jose, uh, presumably to, to finish his career there. I don't know if he has much uh, past this season, but we'll see. Uh, doesn't really address... San Jose's needs in net or, you know, some good young uh, depth scoring, but we'll see if he has um, anything left in the tank to uh, to offer there. Um, the other big story in my mind was the Winnipeg Jets, uh, who are just decimated on the blue line. They were able to uh, beat the Pittsburgh Penguins 4-1, uh, which was pretty remarkable. The Penguins are missing uh, Evgeny Malkin, but still uh, the Jets' blue line is made up a bunch of a guys named Who. And, you know, for the Jets to pull that win off over Pittsburgh, very encouraging for them, but also kind of uh, concerning for the Penguins' point of view, who I already said I don't, I don't believe they'll make the playoffs this year, and uh, they're not really proving me wrong at this point. One other thing to note for the Bruins was Zdeno Chara. He suited up in his 1,488th career game, and he passed Wayne Gretzky for 23rd on the all-time appearances list. So that's uh, a testament to his longevity, and uh, he'll continue to rack up those appearances as the season goes on. And uh, again, every every game that we get to watch Zdeno Chara is, is a is a gift. He's such a important part of this team on and off the ice. And uh, hopefully he still has several more games left in him, if not another season or two. 
On the rumor front, uh, I guess Bob McKenzie reported on NHL's insider trading on TSN that with Malkin and Nick, Nick Bjugstad out of the lineup for the next several weeks, they might try to float one of their defensemen uh, to bring back a forward. Jack Johnson and Eric Goodbranson are believed to be on the market. Uh, what they could bring in a return, who knows, but um, those guys are available and um, yeah, we'll see if there's any nibbles on that front. Bob McKenzie also reported that there's significant interest in free agent center Brian Boyle. He's a solid depth guy who has bounced around a little bit uh, over the past couple of years, but he's, uh, you know, uh, a really uh, character guy. Obviously had the, the fight against cancer a couple of years ago, which was very inspiring. And so it looks like he might get another chance with uh, a team that's contending, uh, ideally, uh, here in the next uh, couple of days. So it'll be interesting to see where Brian Boyle is able to catch on. Uh, that's the big stories from around the NHL today on, uh, again, today's Wednesday, October 9th. This has been the Locked On Boston Bruins podcast. I am your host, Ian McLaren, as always. Thanks again for uh, for subscribing, for downloading. Please rate and review uh, on your podcast app. Uh, follow the show on Twitter at LO underscore Boston Bruins. And follow me on Twitter at Ian C. McLaren. Boston's next game is Thursday in Colorado before they return home for their season opener on Saturday against the New Jersey Devils. I'll be back, obviously, tomorrow, as this is a daily Boston Ruins podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Take care, friends, and talk to you tomorrow.